I want to kick this. <clears throat> I want to kick this episode off. We should keep all that kick. in. I want to kick. Like... I want to kick, 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 kick. I want to kick. I want to kick. I want to kick this episode off. Can I kick it off by just saying that I have medically enhanced my vocal cords? This, well, this is exactly what I was going to say, and I was going to heap praise on you because <laughs> you listened back to the first. 12 episodes. Yeah. You listened back to the first episodes and you realized you had a problem. You faced it. <laughs> and now. <laughs> so please, will you explain to our audience what's happened and how you are now surgically enhanced? Yeah, sure. I had a had a uh, vocal cord transplant. No, I had. Um, <laughs> I had. I had this um, problem. One of many ailments that I have as I, <laughs> half as I the race show. to 40. Yeah, half the show is just ailments and mishaps. Um, and this falls into the ailments category. Uh, <laughs> it's um, So I was noticing that my voice was becoming raspy, particularly towards the end of the day. And whilst that might not be unusual... To happen occasionally, it was happening more often than I would like. And I thought, I don't know what's going on. My doctor said, you might have reflux disorder. And uh, uh, doctor from, said, have you been podcasting much? And you went, oh, so much. Is that what it is? It's got, I've got podcast nodules on my cords. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so he gave me these pills and I thought, this would be great because I'll just come in real silky smooth on the cast. <laughs> a lot of hate mail about how raspy I've been coming in. And <laughs> a lot of online bullying. And I thank you. I've taken that on board. Yeah, a lot of online bullying about losing my voice at inopportune moments, <laughs> uh, sounding like an old man. And I'm grateful for it, to be honest. I want you to be honest with me about my deficits and so I can address them. Hopefully now I'm coming in real buttery soft. A lot of Twitter posts said things like, why is your voice so raspy, idiot? Kill yourself. <laughs> yeah. And and I thought, I just printed all those out and took them to my GP and said, how do we address this? <laughs> There's the evidence. Yeah. I don't understand how pill is meant to fix with rasp unless they were soothers or butter menthols. <laughs> well, it's some kind of pill that basically stops because the rasp comes because <clears throat> I think I think uh, stomach acid gets into your lungs or into your esophagus oh. or both and uh, gives you a bit of breathlessness and um, the pills are meant to help. I'm only on like half the recommended dose. So send me your emails if you think I need more. I'll take. I'll do whatever it takes. <laughs> You're just gonna. You have a beautiful deep voice, but be quite woozy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'll oh, just be, you just, <laughs> hey oh, guys, uh, I'm so happy to be back on the podcast. 
<laughs> I won't be. I won't have enough stomach acid to digest my food, but I'll sound really good on the podcast. I love this. I love that. I just loved imagining that it was an issue that you noticed specifically through listening back to the podcast, and you just thought, "Wow, Al sounds great," and I sounds I sound like a raspy disgrace over here. I need to do, I need to do something like I'm about, about this. to fall over. Um, it did probably make me think about it with more urgency. So thanks, everyone. My voice is my passport, as they say on the hit movie Sneakers. My voice is my livelihood. Yeah, I just loved that you had begun to take the podcast so seriously that you'd started <laughs> to become medically enhanced like an <laughs> aging Hollywood actor. Yeah. I'm going to have to get some sort of voice surgery as well. I want to get a few decibels lower or mm. I might chop my voice box out and put a new one in. <laughs> Sound like one of those throat singers. I'm doing Tibetan throat singing. It's good vocal training. Is this culturally insensitive? I think once you've got to ask, the answer is yes. Now, I was hoping to have a I was hoping to have a hot plug. Yeah. I can't believe I've adopted that idiotic terminology. That's the name um, that's definitely the the show phrase. The hot plug. Go with it. We can put that on the on the totes and tees that we market. Yeah. That's going to and um, I want it in slime lettering. <laughs> Green slime lettering. Give us a hot plug. Um uh, one of the hot plugs I was gonna have, I was really looking forward to to giving you and our listeners, giving you and our listeners a treat. Um, and unfortunately, uh, I'm not able to do that yet. But hopefully, in due course, look, I can be slightly less cryptic. Basically, I've had a bit of a uh, relapse apropos my cameo addiction. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's it's been a very busy week at work and I've uh, found that in my little kind of interstitial down moments, I just going onto Wikipedia is not enough anymore. I need to go onto Cameo <laughs> and and fantasize about making celebrities say stupid things. And uh and, and so I've done I've put in a couple of requests, one of which um one of which we should we should get uh, in the next day, which I won't wow. tell you about yet, but one of which maybe I will tell you about because it's kind of turned into a, a saga. So <laughs> one of the things that I found I found enjoyable about Cameo is because you typically go on there and you go, the first thing you want to know is who's at the top of the pile, like who is the most famous person Who's doing this, you know? Right. So you go, you go order from most expensive to least expensive, assuming that the most high profile person will be the most expensive. And you see like, wow, there's, you know, so-and-so from Desperate Housewives and -and so-and-so from Breaking Bad and whatever. And, uh, and that's fun. But then the next layer I decided to explore was to flip that on its head and say, what if I say... Least expensive. Who is 
who's doing this? Right. Who's doing this for like two bucks a pop? Because uh, I just, I just think that'd be fun. It's funny because the one of the games I was playing was you know, you you try and scroll through until you get to somebody who you maybe have heard of, who's like uh, weirdly inexplicably cheap. Yeah. Um, but before you get to that point, there's like a whole list of people who are kind of like the sort of people who might have been on the Tim and Eric Awesome show as extras. Right. Who would be, who'd have, be recognizable to a few people or people who've just like, I was in an episode of Star Trek for five seconds uncredited. Yeah. And now, okay. you know, I'm going to sit, I'm going to give myself away for, for, um, 10 bucks a pop. So I'll just give you I'll just give you a couple of images to work with and and then I'll do a bit of audience advocacy to to boost them. Sure. Uh maybe I can do it via WhatsApp. Is that the best thing? If you open up WhatsApp. This is the request and the request is to a man okay whose name is Walter Tabayoyong. Okay, and, so Walter uh, Tabioyong to Alexander Holland from John Maloney. Occasion, pep talk. Can you please congratulate my friend? <laughs> Ow. Open brackets. Nickname Al Bunky. Close brackets. <laughs> on his new podcast. <laughs> Don't prunk them a chunk. If you need more to go on, Al is a huge fan of the film Flubber and loves pepperoni pepperoni pizza pockets. Thanks. This is so me. Thank you so much, John. Pleasure. Uh, and that sent me back. That cost me $10. And okay. That, the next thing I'm going to sh- show you is, uh, is Walter Tabayoyong. Okay. And then... Hey, do I have to... G- <laughs> Okay, so I have no idea who this is. Is is that the idea? Do you know who this yes. is? No. And I thought, but I, just, <laughs> but I just like the idea that he's a he's he's a slightly eccentric looking man offering his services uh, for ten dollars. Okay, and you can make him say whatever you wish, and uh, and. I think I've I think I've slightly mischaracterized cameo. You can't just make people say whatever you want, but close enough. <laughs> and uh, and so then I then I I paid for the express service, but then after a yeah. day, he said he sent me a message <laughs> saying, "I'm sorry, I'm swamped with work, and I haven't oh. been able to do it." And so and so I had the option through the app to rebook it. Now I suspect he just didn't want to do it because the request was kind of manifestly ridiculous. But I did rebook, and I'm going to keep on rebooking uh, if that's what it takes, and uh, we'll see what he comes up with. Some of our listeners will be aware that 
as well as being a podcaster, I'm also a musician and composer and DJ. Yeah. So I get paid occasionally by the Australian Performing Rights Association for music that I have out there in the world. So there's one particular piece of mine that I think is getting it's on a it's in the background of a UK crime some sort of crime show at the moment. So I get about oh, getting wow. about twenty dollars every three months from APRA <laughs> for it. And wow. I just every time it comes in, yeah, I tell myself that I'm gonna treat myself. I just take it like free money because I don't ever expect it. Yeah. And I just think, oh, it's a little free twenty dollars. So I was I was with I was with a friend of mine and I got a little yeah. notification on my phone and it said you've received $20 from APRA. And then I said, hey, come with me. I'm going to take care of you today. And I went downstairs and there was a little cafe. And I said, two black coffees, please. And my friend said, can I please have milk? And I said, hey, hey, back up, okay? It's only 20 bucks. You get a $2 coffee, darling, right? <laughs> so we get the black coffees and I sipped them down. And then I realized that I had in Australian dollars, probably $18 left. Yeah. And I don't, buy meat from the supermarket these days, but I will eat it as a little bit of a treat. Mm. So I went to a hamburger store that I like, and I well, I would never do this normally, <laughs> but I just was like, what's the most expensive, disgusting hamburger that you sell? And he said, oh, it's just this monstrosity here. And I said, thank you very much, Australian Performing Rights Association. And I just ordered it and like waxed the rest of the money. And he just gave me... Nice. He just gave me this very weighty sandwich, this weighty hot sandwich, and then I cycled home with it. I knew I had about 10 minutes to get home, and I thought it would still be warm and not too soggy for 10 minutes. And then I got home, and I unwrapped it, and then, boy, did I savor that hot. And you can just imagine that a luxury, expensive hamburger that was massive, and, and I ate it down, and I remembered the black coffee that I drank earlier and I thought everything's going to be all right. One of my favorite stories from last year was you telling me that you were working from home last year doing some high-level lawyering, but you were doing it from uh, the you, – you were at a farm last year, essentially. Is, would that be correct? That is correct, yeah. You were telling me that you had to, you had to perform some tasks in, in, the, in the official lawyer barrister getup. <laughs> is that correct? So what would that, what would that look like? So, yeah, it's a funny thing, which uh, people in countries that have dispensed with these kinds of idiotic traditions will not know about, maybe. But uh, everyone will have seen, I guess, you know, classic legal dramas where the, the barristers are sort of dressed up in gowns. And that's still a thing in Australia. So they've gotten rid of the wig, but I still have to... Well, that that's not true entirely. They've gotten rid of the wig for the kinds of things that I do. There are still some courts where you have to wear it and some states where you wear it for other things. So I had to, I did all my work in a shed and I had to walk uh, from the place where I was 
staying to the shed to do my work. And so some days I still had to appear in, in gown. So I would wear a black gown with a little kind of, with a thing called a jabbo, which is a sort of double prong tie that you might imagine like a 16th century minister might wear. And I had to wear like a vest underneath that. Yeah. And I would just walk across a couple of paddocks. So the place we were on was like the main area was, was about 10 acres. And then there was a whole, there's a few other paddocks around it that take it up to about 50 acres. And there are sheep and there are often kangaroos um, just kind of getting around. And so I'd walk out past the kangaroos and past the sheep uh, dressed in a kind of weird archaic gown and then sit down on my little, I had like a little, um, I had to kind of go up there in a, in a, in a rush. So I didn't bring my normal chair. I had like a little mini desk chair that I, that was probably made for, um, well, it was probably appropriate. For, I think it was Jacinta's when she was a teenager. So it was a teenager's size chair and I was sitting on it in my gown in a shed, just, uh, feeling pretty weird feeling pretty out of sorts. I think if you'd seen me, you would have just thought, this guy's gone mad. I mean... This is the thing. I love yeah. the idea of you out in the paddock, in your gown, yeah. in your jabbo, with the sheep, <laughs> with the kangaroos, yeah. and just somebody in the vicinity looking across <laughs> the field and just seeing you stood there <laughs> and then just turning, yeah. just turning to their husband and saying... He thinks he's a lawyer. He's holding a trial <laughs> for the animals. And then yeah. you're just stood there going, Now, Mr. Kangaroo, you have been charged. <laughs> what do you have to say for yourself? What do you have to say for yourself? And then you've you've just <laughs> gathered a bunch of goannas in a in a small jur in a small on a small bench as jurors. <laughs> I say, like I say, I say. <laughs> he's been He's been out here. Just he used to be a lawyer, and then you know, he had he lost the biggest case of his career, and and ever since then he's just been out here wandering the paddocks, holding a trial with the animals, screaming at <laughs> screaming at a koala, guilty, <laughs> overruled. <laughs> So some years ago, I was out having a silly season Christmas drink with two friends of mine, Yeah, which would have been in uh, the, it was probably a couple of weeks before Christmas, or it could have been a week before Christmas, before everybody in Berlin goes home for Christmas, basically. So I was out with with two friends of mine, an Irish friend and a Canadian friend. It's like a joke set up. It sounds like an Australian... A Canadian and an Irishman go into a bar. It also involves a bar. Yeah. So we went out for a for a few quiet Friday night Christmas drinks, yep. and of course, one thing led to another, and it became a big old night. And we were sipping those cups of beer, <laughs> a plenty. Yeah. We put a lot of them down. Yeah. We emptied a lot. Of, we emptied a lot of glasses of beer, and we placed them down. And we said, "Put more beer in these glasses." <laughs> and we did that a lot of times. And <laughs> we've all been there and yeah. And then eventually everything was, was, um, we stayed out extremely late. I think the sun was coming up and there was one bar that we knew would still be open. 
near us. So we went there. It's a little bar on a corner in Neukölln, mm-hmm. which is a suburb of Berlin where we were all living at the time. And we went in and it was a local pub basically mm-hmm. for the community. It was a very local pub. I think we went in and there might have been us and three other people in there and the sun had come up and there's people in there still having beers. Mm. So we sat down and we had ourselves a couple of beers. Uh, there was a very sketchy looking man in the corner behind us who kept looking over at <laughs> us, who was making us a bit edgy oh. because we hadn't really had a lot of sleep and we were quite drunk. Yeah. And have I told you this story? No. I'm looking. F- okay. I'm, I'm and enthralled. We were feeling quite... We- we were feeling quite edgy and anyway, cause it was three in the morning and, uh, we were pretty drunk. Anyway, that guy who was looking sketchy and kept staring at us. He had to walk past us to go to the bathroom, which he, he hopped up. He started walking towards the bathroom. And then as he passed our table, he threw onto our table, a small folded up piece of paper, uh, which looked very much like the kind of thing that might contain a drug like cocaine and oh. uh, he proceeded to go to the bathroom and we yeah. all began to become quite anxious because <laughs> we didn't want to buy his cocaine and yeah. we were already feeling uncomfortable that he was staring at us and we felt like we'd been put in a position where he was saying, you know, he'd already given it to us. So now we're in possession of yeah. something that- Now he'd say, you is, owe me for that. Coke. Exactly. And so we, yeah. we all we all started having a discussion about who was going. To, we had, we basically drew straws to decide who was going to go up to him and say, "Look, thank you very much, but uh, we're fine for this evening. Thank yeah. you, and, and give it yeah. back to him just so we could, you know, just so we could be done with it and stop freaking out. We were properly freaking yeah. out. But we thought if we opened it, that that would yeah. be we've bought it. You open it, you've bought it. Acceptance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. So. We eventually, the person who drew the shortest straw was our Canadian friend, and he <laughs> was chosen to then go up and hand it back. So he walked up to the guy sheepishly and just put it back on the table and just said, yeah, th- thanks for that, mate. Appreciate the offer, but we're, we're good tonight. And the guy said, open it. My, my Canadian friend was like, uh, okay. So my Canadian friend opened it, and inside was just written, Merry Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Oh, and boy, did we feel like three geese. <laughs> <laughs>